This is the Light and Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Brett Heinzman. Welcome today as I am welcoming my guests, Pastors Brian and Laura Worth from Chapel of Change in Paramount, California. We're having a conversation about what they're preaching in their church lately, and it includes topics like deliverance, inner healing, and setting people free from demonization. Join me for this inspiring conversation, and you'll be amazed at what God is doing to set people free. Welcome to another episode of the Light and Life podcast. I am joined today by Brian and Laura Worth, who are co-lead pastors of Chapel of Change in Paramount, California, and they're dear friends of mine. Brian and Laura, welcome to the Light and Life podcast. Thanks for having us, Brett. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. It's awesome to be connected to you in this platform. Yeah, thanks. You as well. Thanks for joining me. Well, I've been wanting to introduce our listeners to what our pastors are preaching on. And I know from having conversations, especially with you, Pastor Laura, that you guys have been pressing into things like deliverance and healing and even talking about demons. And so I just want to open this up to you and just ask you to share with us, like, especially in those, but maybe other topics you've been preaching on as well. What kind of things are you preaching on in your church and what have you been seeing God doing at work in your congregation? So whichever one of you wants to start, go right ahead and just open it up for you to begin. Well, um, I guess I'll start off and Laura, feel free to um, jump in too. Uh, but yeah, Brett, we have always believed in the supernatural. You know, I was born again in a revival. Uh, I wasn't born again in the traditional setting of a church. Uh, but in the atmosphere of a revival and my first couple of years of, of serving the Lord, I was exposed to um, different forms of demonic activity or, or strongholds. Mm-hmm. And our church is pressing in uh, more so uh, to teaching our congregation about the spiritual warfare and even demonic doors that could be open in their lives. And we're seeing because we're, I think because we're in this urban context that a lot of people are suffering from demonic strongholds in their life. And we're using the pulpit to try to reach, you know, most people because we don't have enough counselors to sit down with them or walk them through certain uh, deliverances or things of that nature. So we're really pressing in with the pulpit of teaching people uh, that there's more to be seen with the natural eye than with that natural eye. And we take our cue from Jesus himself. When we read the ministry of Jesus, he starts off with confronting the forces of darkness, right? That's in Luke chapter four, he starts Mm -hmm. off by talking about, setting people free and we believe that the same power that jesus used uh to set people free is is still available by way of the holy spirit Uh, and the church should be uh, a chief instrument of that power and so i think we struck a, a chord in the in the hearts of a lot of people more so because a lot of people are dealing with these demonic strongholds in their life and they're wondering why they're still in bondage. They're wondering why they're still making bad decisions. Now, 
we understand that not everything is directly related to a demon, but we're finding out in the, in our context that, that man, the, these, the, the, the forces of darkness are, is really breaking people down and even families down. And so mm-hmm. we're excited to continue the ministry of Jesus in that regard. And we're seeing people respond. Uh, I'm reminded of our, our annual revival underneath the tent of last October. Uh, we typically have a deliverance night where we focus on uh, mass deliverance. And it's an old school tent revival atmosphere. And people came from different parts of Los Angeles uh, to, you know, as a response to this message that Jesus can set you free as a response to this message that, hey, we're going to just pray. We're going to we're going to teach what the Bible says about freedom, spiritual freedom. We're going to teach what Jesus says about being delivered. And then we're going to believe we're just going to believe God to set you free. And people are responding to that. I was I was you know reminded about that one night of deliverance and how people came to the altar and uh, people were screaming out. I mean, you know, you could hear screams. You could see people's faces um, responding to the to the power of God. It was it was pretty pretty. Um, it was exciting on one side, but it was uh, very serious uh, on the other side because if we're going to preach the gospel, we better make sure that we yield to the power of the gospel Mm. and ensure that we're being vessels of that power so that people can be set free. So those are some of the things. And Laura, feel free to jump in on on some of those thoughts. Yeah, I'm reminded that even early on as a church, the Lord opened our eyes to see into the supernatural and have experiences with people that were heavily um, bound by demon spirits. And um, we began to seek the Lord on that. And we began to study and to uh, pray for people more, um, more intentionally in that regard. And we began to see people set free. We began to see people set free from alcoholism, depression, um, shame and guilt through abortions and other things that they had um, either done willingly or unwillingly, traumas, things that happened to them growing up. And we just really began to see the hand of God move. And it was as if he was the one leading us in that direction. We weren't necessarily looking for a specific ministry type. We were just being faithful to the kingdom of God and where he was taking us. I'm also reminded, Brett, that before we started Chapel of Change, uh, the Lord granted uh, Laura uh, what I like to believe, um, the gift of discerning of spirits. And we had uh, we were having a lively conversation as husband and wives do from time to time about the starting of the church. It was borderline arguing on whether or not um we were going to start the church or not. And I remember sharing with Laura in the heat of that argument, um, you know, if she didn't want us to start the church, you know, let me know right now. Let me know if you don't want us to start the church, let us know right now. 
And by God's grace, right, as Laura testifies, that the Lord opened her eyes to see the face of a demon like, like in the in the room. And the implication was that 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 this demon was influencing our argument and influencing us to not go forward with the starting of chaplet change. I see. And this experience uh, really uh, woke us up, uh, and it was almost the start of chaplet change. It was in the process of starting chaplet change. Uh, we had not started our Sunday service. Uh, at that time, but I said that to say that in, in some degree, from the very beginning, uh, we have been experiencing uh, levels of spiritual warfare that have been intense and at the same time, helping other people to see that spiritual warfare in their lives so that they could experience uh, some deeper levels of freedom. When you talk about strongholds, maybe define that for some people. I know there's maybe different variations of definitions that people have in their minds when they define strongholds. How how do you preach on it and define that? So, as you know, there's probably different longer or shorter definitions of strongholds. But the way that we kind of keep it simple is uh, an unhealthy mindset an unhealthy mindset. So we define a stronghold uh, as an unhealthy mindset that is usually set up in people's minds as a result of falling for the lies or the exaggerations of Satan and his uh, imps. And to a huge degree, Brett, we believe that spiritual warfare is a lot about being mentally attacked with lies and exaggerations mm. from the forces of darkness. And as we have our guard down and we fall for them lies or exaggerations, it allows the enemy to build up these unhealthy mindsets that affect our, our lifestyle and affect our decisions. And so I'm finding, I, I get asked a lot, like, what is some of the unique challenges of urban ministry? Like what is some of the unique things that we face? And um, I've, I've been called upon to teach on this subject in the exponential conference coming up in a couple months. But one of the things that I, I share is this mental, emotional strongholds that have a grip on people's lives. And I believe that this is why someone can still can be saved, but still live in a life that is unfruitful and still um, in bondage to a certain in certain areas of their life is because they're they're saved, but they have not broke down them strongholds, them layers and layers of lies that we allowed the enemy to come into our you know to to build up in our in our minds. So. In short, it's it's unhealthy mindsets, uh, Brett. And Laura, you want to jump in on that? 
Yeah, you know, I usually give this picture of a castle and and what I find that that demons do is they plant these lies um, and they begin as the person receives these lies begin to build this castle these walls around it uh, to fortify it and protect it from being exposed and so mm -hmm. these castles mm -hmm. uh, are formed to house these lies just to keep them safe and protected from being exposed so when we talk about these unhealthy mindsets these lies that we have agreed with that are not in alignment with the word of god um the demons just come along and say you want that lie you can have it and i'm just going to protect it for you yeah and i would remind us that you know apostle paul talks about these strongholds in second corinthians chapter 10 where he says the weapons we fight uh, with are not the weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And in my in my research of that, uh, some scholars believe that he used he got that word stronghold uh, from the the fortress that was in the middle of the city of Corinth, and he kind of used that image. Uh, to paint that picture of what a stronghold is, as Laura referred to. In fact, uh, I know another translation of that same scripture, I believe, even says fortress. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's why that's why people can be saved, but still make continuously bad decisions or be in bondage in certain areas of their life because they haven't dealt with the strongholds that were set up. Amen. Amen. Well, when when it comes to ministering to people who have these strongholds in their life, what are some of the ways I know that, um, Laura, you've talked to me about praying with people for deliverance and things. Let's kind of shift into that direction now. If you were, you know, talking to other pastors, leaders, or even lay people who have ministries of prayer, do altar ministry, you know, that kind of thing. How do you minister to people that come and say, look, I have I have this need for deliverance. I know it's in my life. I know I need to be set free. Help. Um, I don't know where to turn or what to do next. What 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 kind of ministry path do you take with them? Let me start that answer off, and then I'll, 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 Laura, you can jump in. Um, I think what I like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, a lady came to our church because she heard that we believe in deliverance. And by the way, Brett, I want to clarify, we don't refer to ourselves as a deliverance church. We're a church that believes in deliverance. Um, and I think that's there, there's a subtle distinction that, you know, we're a church that believes the power of God still exists. The Holy Spirit still exists. And Amen. we need we need the power of God. Like how how else can we confront these dark forces that are working against us? But. For example, this lady came a couple weeks ago and she heard about our church believing in deliverance and, and making available to pray uh, for her. So she comes to our church and the first thing that I tell her, uh, Brett, is keep coming back. Immerse yourself in the atmosphere of deliverance. Mm -hmm. Expose yourself to the atmosphere of deliverance. So I'm reminded of the, the lady in, I believe it was Luke chapter 13, who had a spirit of infirmity, who was bent over. And I'm reminded how Jesus met her in the synagogue and that she regularly went to the synagogue and he was teaching the word of the Lord. And of course, in the synagogue is worship of, of God. And I like to believe 
that that atmosphere uh, affected her freedom, right? That atmosphere kind of was a catalyst for her to be uh, set free. So if I were sharing this with pastors, I would say, first of all, get a revelation from the scripture on the power of God and the need for the power of God and, and pray through on, uh, does your atmosphere in your in your worship service is it an atmosphere of freedom is it an atmosphere mm -hmm. of leaning into the power of god is it an atmosphere where the holy spirit can move uh, freely as we are called free methodists so the first thing i would suggest bread is is get into this atmosphere of deliverance but then we have some particular things that laura can can speak on yeah, so um, we have to, we have to, um, I would say, uh, I would strongly encourage uh, our pastors and leaders to really lean into the, the mission of Jesus. Um, Luke 4.18 is something that I refer to often where Jesus said of himself that he came uh, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, and to recover the sight of the blind, and to set the captives free. And so I, first of all, want to encourage us to um, know that this is what God came to do and then to um, equip ourselves in it, equip ourselves. I uh, basically had training on the go. It was hands-on training. The Lord began to just, through these encounters and experiences, teach me and train me because at the time I didn't know where to go. And some of us may be thinking right now, well, where do I go for this teaching? And well, it was the Bible first and foremost. I began to understand what the Lord Jesus uh, did um, in terms of um, healing people and setting them free from demonic oppression. So I began to just really study and 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 understand because I have I had experienced it in my church because people were coming up to me and asking me that they feel that there is some demonic presence or um, intense prayer that they need. And it was a spiritual war. And I, I, I didn't dismiss them. I said, I believe you. I said, now let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's, uh, let's pray. And so that just kind of began to evolve. And then I really began to immerse myself with teachers and books and resources um, on how to do this more effectively. And of course, I come across so many books. I'm an avid reader. I love to read and I'm just a lifelong learner. And so there are some books that I just pass on. But there are then these books that the Lord just really impresses upon my heart. And so I began to learn about deliverance and how to really pray for people. And God began to give me language for it. And it was really on, um, you know, hands-on training um, as I was being faithful to the Lord. And then, of course, taking courses online, uh, going to some conferences, reading a lot of books, and uh, just just understanding that I needed to be equipped for this um, myself. Amen. There's a lot of difference, I think, and I've taught on this in times past when it comes to prayer. You know, Jesus told the disciples to go and heal the sick. It's interesting that he didn't say to go and pray for the sick. And I'm wondering if there's a difference between um, when you're dealing in deliverance, is there a difference between commanding, taking authority in the name of Jesus and praying supplication prayers for something? And how do you discern when to use those those tools and how to use them? 
Yeah, I'll answer that. And so here's where, here's what for me, I just have found more clarity in when I'm praying and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to just come and permeate this place, this space, this atmosphere with his presence, his power, his peace. I'm speaking to the Lord and it's a direct request. I'm praying. But then when it gets into that, that, that warfare prayer, those are commands. I'm commanding um, spirits of fear or anything else that has attached itself self or, you know, uh, has put this person in bondage, I then turn to command mode. And that's different. I never command the Lord. That's not prayer. Right. It's the demons that I command, because Amen. the Bible says that we have been given authority over them. And so it's important to understand the difference between commanding and praying. Amen. Yes. And I, I would I would highlight that as well. Uh, one must use discernment when interacting with uh, the individual who, who who needs freedom. And I think it overlaps between praying to God for, for help and, and strength, but then really getting down to the nitty gritty. If it's, if it's a particular evil spirit or, you know, a particular force, uh, then we need to use our authority in the name of Jesus uh, to confront that situation. So there is an overlapping uh, where we pray to God, help us and set this uh, atmosphere right. But then, and I'm reminded of Jesus where he said, you know, we will use that name, um, the name of Jesus, you know, and, and I'm reminded of the totality of the scripture that we have authority in Jesus to confront these powers of darkness. Amen. So have you experienced people in your church that have come that were manifesting in active demonization and, you know, maybe a story or something about that and how the graciousness of the Lord set them free? Let me share just on a, on a, on a, a congr on a, on a group way, as I mentioned, our, our deliverance night of last, uh, our last deliverance night, there were multitude multitude of people at the altar and they were some were were manifesting uh some were screaming some were contorting uh and uh we just were contending uh in the faith but then we have individuals that manifest to certain degrees Laura can can shed some light on that yeah, I'll share my very first encounter that I was not looking for happened at the altar at our church, Chapel Change. And I remember um, there was one particular individual who had come up for prayer and one of our pastors had prayed for her and she um, stood there and uh, the pastor had moved on and she was just um, wanting more. And she says, I'm not, you know, I'm not finished yet. And I stepped in and I said, I'll pray for you. And I remember the moment I took hold of her hands and closed my eyes, I just began to pray for her. And almost instantly, I began to hear her uh, just begin to release these words that, uh, that said, um, you can't have her. Uh, she belongs to us. She was sacrificed to us. We own her. Just these words. And I began through a process of elimination. Is she under the influence? Is she being sarcastic? What's going on? Well, I say that because I, if I hadn't, if I hadn't prepared myself two months earlier and understanding what the Lord had led me to in reading and uh, researching, 
I would have known, not known what to do, but by the grace of God, we ended up ministering to her that night. And um, I, I will say my experience was radical in the sense, because it was the first time um, that I literally heard uh, this individual um, after I began to, to first pray and then issue commands, um, release the name of the demon and speak in a demonic language. And um, mm -hmm. it doesn't happen often, I will say that. So mm -hmm. this was one of those situations that was very radical. But, um, but I thank God that you know, there was no, there was no fear because God had given us authority. And so when we stepped into that, um, we saw that this demon uh, left and she just took a sigh, a deep breath and looked up and just kept saying, I feel so light. I feel so light. Mm, praise Jesus. I, I, I do want to say this though. I do want to say this, Brett, that um, I have come to find out through just the process of these encounters and hearing people say things that are just like Pastor Brian said, um, abnormal, demonic. Um, I, I have come to find out that um, Jesus wants to set these people free, not just to walk in their freedom, although that's awesome, but to remove every hindrance from deeply following him and abiding in him. And I, that, and so that has become our goal. It's not just to do a deliverance for the sake of right. walking them through, but I, we have now learned that it is so important, equally important to walk them through inner healing. Again, that's been through just um, hands-on training and also through studying and even taking courses, uh, you know, an academy on inner healing and deliverance and really understanding the purpose for for that and we've seen now a lot more people receive freedom by walking them through both inner healing and deliverance and these testimonies look like this um i actually love my husband now i i mm -hmm. actually don't nag him anymore because i can appreciate him now that god has removed the the veil you know um, mm -hmm. they, they will testify how they no longer have the urge to drink and get drunk anymore um, and how um, they're not afraid anymore. And so we have just seen these testimonies from people that are now walking in freedom. They have a joy in their heart and they are serving the Lord God and they are growing in holiness. They are growing in their spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting, staying grounded in the word. That is what we are seeing and we're seeing their life testify to that end praise jesus that's excellent um you mentioned inner healing which is a little you know i think inner healing is something that maybe you've discovered comes um, to a greater extent after initial deliverance there are still you know issues in the mind you know our minds are designed by god to store all kinds of memories and unfortunately, because the world is broken in sin, our, our storehouse of our mind stores up traumatic events and difficult things that are hard for us to deal with. I know we, we've spent a good amount of time and don't have much time left, but could you guys just touch on inner healing for us and kind of your approach to inner healing with people and some of the things that you've learned in dealing with inner healing? Sure. Uh, yes. So I have learned about um, inner healing in terms of, of um, from, from uh, especially stemming from childhood, people um, have gone through um, trauma and things in their life. And I, um, I have seen people where they are stuck 
in a place back when they were young that they can't seem to be set free from because, as you said, it was a picture, something that was frozen in time, um, a trauma that occurred. And what I would say about inner healing is that you need to go deep. Um, there is so much in there that man cannot see with a natural eye. It's going to take discernment. It's going to take the power of God to bring these things to the surface because many of these memories are suppressed. They don't even know they're there. They're like in their subconscious area. And it's only the power of God that can actually bring these thoughts back to the surface so we can mm -hmm. deal with them. I'll give you an example. You know, um, one 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 particular which is very common is um young girls um who are now adults that were sexually abused and they went through this and then it was over maybe it was for a few years when they were very very young and they they thought well if i can just forget about it if i can just pretend it didn't happen you know if i can just move on or maybe believe the lie that you know i i was not important i didn't matter therefore that event didn't matter therefore i I should just get on with my life. Um, I have found that when we go back to that place and we ask God to walk them through that traumatic experience and they're willing that they can step in and picture the scene of what was happening for a moment, for a purpose to confront the situation head on and let and 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 allow them to see that it was real that it did take place walk them through a confession and and even forgiveness repent for harboring anger and resentment not because the individual deserves it not because they don't have a right to be angry but because it will help set them free it's part of the process that Jesus said we've got to forgive and 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 walking them through that forgiveness aspect and then and then after they are free to release that person completely and they've repented then we go back to that scene and now we ask the lord god to visit them in that scene we know he's omnipresent we know he was there we know that it didn't take him by surprise mm -hmm. but now we're redeeming that memory we're redeeming that space and that place and where that event took place and now i'm asking them just talk to the lord now just ask the Lord to step into the scene and speak to you. And whether it's through a picture or a word or a feeling, just just let open your arms up to him. And I and I give them space for that. And then they begin to sometimes see a picture of the pierced hands of Jesus open, walking to them and just embracing them. And saying, I, I never left you. I didn't forsake you. This grieved me more than it grieved you. But I am mm -hmm. here. You're safe now. It's over. It's over. And just seeing that person just completely change and say, thank you. And, 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 and feeling that heaviness and that burden and that shame and that guilt that they cared for so long, just completely be uprooted and leave them. That's just a snapshot of what happens. I, I would also, I would also add or highlight the what we do to help people experience inner healing a lot is we regularly teach and preach on the theme of forgiveness the theme mm -hmm. of forgiveness mm -hmm. and we believe that as god gives people the power to forgive those who hurt them it increases or aids their inner healing uh, for example 
Brett, as you know, regretfully, uh, I was arrested at the age of 16 years old for a gang-related murder. And ultimately, I was sentenced to life in prison, did 16 years in prison. But about six years ago, I, I believe, approximately six years ago, the Lord showed a powerful display of reconciliation and forgiveness at, at our church when uh, the Lord brought the sister, uh, the older sister of the person I got arrested for, uh, brought her into my life. And mm -hmm. she joined us and she went to our church and she stood on the stage and she publicly uh, forgave me for being responsible for the death of her uh, brother. And she said in part, you know, I, I lost a physical brother, but I gained a spiritual brother. But that act of forgiveness right there just mm -hmm. released a, a certain power uh, onto the congregation because we have many people that have suffered deeply uh, in their life. But seeing that act of forgiveness and watching that act of reconciliation just released a wave of healing across our congregation, even mm -hmm. to the degree that she's still engaged in our church today and we're actively in conversation and she's truly our sister in Christ. And again, these themes of forgiveness, which aids in the inner healing process. Praise Jesus. What an amazing testimony. Well, Brian and Laura, I just want to thank you so much for taking time to meet with me today. You can find out more at their website. What's the website for Chapel of Change, Pastor Brian? Uh, www.chapelofchange.org. Chapelofchange.org. Visit them anytime. You can also find Pastor Brian Worth on Facebook and follow their uh, live videos from their worship services. Just thank you both for joining me today, for having this conversation about healing, deliverance, inner healing, um, the power that God has, the, his desire and his love and grace and mercy for setting people free, and that he is still doing it today. And I love, Pastor Brian, what you said. It's that it's not that you're a deliverance church. You're a church that believes in deliverance. And I think that's a beautiful distinction. We'll just leave it there for today. But thank you so much for joining me. God thank bless you. you Brett. God bless you. Pleasure to be with you. God bless our Free Methodist Church.